0: 15. What time is it, Mickey? It's six eighteen. Sorry, six eighteen um, on the seventh of July. And welcome to today's guest. It is Kevin Klein. There Mark. we go. And people can see you now. So we're live oh, okay. on YouTube, Periscope. I don't know what Periscope is. So I'm. This is what my, I do, um, LinkedIn. Um, Twitch, YouTube again, Mixer, so the Microsoft platform. So someone said, why aren't you on the Microsoft platform? And so I went, oh, okay, well, I'll do that. So, Kevin, it's welcome to Geeks on Screen with Coffee. So here is your hub, just making sure. There we go. Everybody gets one of these. And we will make <laughs> sure the um, sound and vision is synced. Got to, You've got to do that, haven't you? So, how are you? And what are you drinking? Because obviously, it's geeks on screen. With coffee.
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, I'm just having a soft drink right now. I'd like to to fortify that a little bit with some other um, <laughs> some other beverages, but right now it's just a a, a good old soda.
0: Okay. So, cheers. But but anything could be in the can. We we don't know.
1: That's right. I'm keeping it a secret for right now. Yeah. So, So, uh, overall, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Not so productive. I think um, that's a struggle for all of us these days. Staying focused is is sometimes a little bit tough. Ironically, uh, in terms of measuring, the probably more productive than usual, but inside, where it really counts, I feel like I'm struggling, um, just with the grim news every day of uh, the pandemic and all of those sorts of things
0: yeah i mean it's one of those things that isn't going to go away quickly
1: and we're in for the
0: we're in for the long haul if we thought we were in for a short haul um it isn't going to happen um yeah but everyone with your family and stuff is all safe and everyone is good um
1: yes yeah thankfully everyone is healthy um, I, I, like to joke around that, uh, in my big family, um, everyone is healthy. but since we're all living, not all of us, but, uh, uh my younger kids are still home and, um, they're in their late teens or early twenties. And so they're gradually reaching a homicidal level of stir crazy. They're like, you know, uh, somebody will walk in and just say, hi, how are you? And somebody else will snap at him like, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's funny. <laughs>
0: so have people got their own territory so you know if you if you go anywhere in the house like to, to either go very very quietly or, or loudly exactly. so someone knows you're coming
1: exactly that's uh, that's a perfect description and also if someone is like on the back porch at sunset the back porch at sunset is quite lovely but if they're out there by themselves that means it's not an open invitation. Don't join me. <laughs> Give me a few moments to take a breath. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh-huh. So it's good. On the other hand, um, four of my oldest kids are, are uh, adults living on their own. And I say that like everybody has four kids and more. Right. Um, so, but my four oldest kids are, uh, I'm the only person earning an income right now. You know, everybody else has been laid off or furloughed, or you know that sort of thing. So that's kind of distressing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess I'm quite lucky, um, because I'm still kind of working, um, because I can be, I can pretend I'm working at home. Um. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> and my my wife is just at home anyway (laughs) (laughs) As, as long as i'm sending emails i mean i've got this random email sender it took me more time to work on to build but i'll let you have a copy but yeah but um i've got a friend who's from previous companies someone who was laid off at the beginning and someone who's still furloughed um and it it's quite tough for people um
1: and the, the uncertainty is probably the most difficult part. Yeah. So my, um, uh, my eldest daughter's significant other, he works uh, – we live in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a very big entertainment town. And he is a logistics planner for um, one of the country's largest entertainment equipment rental companies. So, for example, here in the USA, one of our biggest sporting events of the year is the Super Bowl, and they have these enormous stacks of amplifiers and big stages, and light, And his company does all of that. Uh, they rent all of those things, and no one's having gig- giant concerts anymore. You know? No one's having giant sporting events anymore, so he's laid off. And uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's, uh, what can you do? You can't really do anything
0: no no i mean i don't know how huh? locked so, down tennessee yeah. has been or has been over the last couple of months so i mean the uk kind of we were kind of we were locked down very very late um so kind of mm-hmm. and we've, we, we're still in a lockdown period of children i think young children have got some school time um my daughters have just started back at gymnastics But it's outdoors, and they're doing Mm -hmm. it in groups of six. So kind of nothing indoors. And I think the entertainment Mm -hmm. industry is just starting to open back up now. So theaters and things like that. um, Okay. Mm -hmm. But not for people going in. Just, I presume, for the actors and people to to rehearse.
1: I see. Right. Uh, Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of some good times I had in London in the theater district. Uh, got to see Mamma Mia there. So it uh, gets back on track so, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of, and so someone, I did hear that someone in the UK is trying to do drive in cinemas and drive in mm-hmm. events. And you kind of go, that's just never, never taken off in the UK before. But it's something that, when I think of America, I think drive in cinemas, you know, in my head, they're everywhere. But obviously, they're not.
1: Their heyday is long long since gone. Um, there used to be tens of thousands, but now there's only a, a few hundred left in the US. But fortunately for us, there's one about an hour north and one about an hour's drive south. And so it's certainly a doable thing, um, you know, for a family to pile into the car and, and go see a night of uh, movies at the drive-in, yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's yeah. Ind- perfect for, for lockdown
1: yeah and there's also a lot of uh, music acts that are also doing drive-in concerts too
0: oh how does yeah okay i mean they clearly if you've got enough space it's gonna work
1: you know the, the u.s is a big place and there's a lot of just large open fields where you could park a thousand cars without a problem oh. and uh, so uh in fact uh Further south, uh, there's usually about this time of year a really big outdoor concert called Bonnaroo that lasts a whole week, and you know it's had headliners. Uh, I think last year or the year before it was Elton John, um, and um, but it's you know it's four or five days of concerts. So everybody in the alternative scene, everybody in the um, maybe uh, headliners in pop and hip hop and r&b and, and stuff like that and uh 40,000 people go to this event and uh, you know big deal it, but in a place that's 2 hours south of nashville tennessee you, you have enormous Open fields uh, where you can host a big party of thirty thousand people, and their RVs, and their cars, and uh, porta potties everywhere, and all of, all of that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, so so is there? So are you kind of locked down? What are the, I mean, just out of interest, what are the restrictions currently in Tennessee?
1: Tennessee had moved to what we call Phase Three, where you could meet in bars and restaurants and things like that, and we. Um, had a resurgence and so we've moved back down to, to phase two so they've um started to shut down a lot of their bars and restaurants again however because our economy is so dependent on on uh the hospitality trade and entertainment and so forth i believe that um quite a few of those restaurants and such at least in downtown nashville are still open so um those who were cautious are very alarmed by that. Those who are um, are a little more reckless are like open everything, you know. So there's a lot of arguments happening here in the states about that.
0: I think the, the the public houses, the pubs, opened up the weekend, and 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 I think yesterday there were on the news that some of the pubs that opened up there were cases of coronavirus. And and there was things like the following day of of lots of people in London all crammed together, and I, I guess it's a it's almost a natural reaction of when you cram so many people together that they suddenly when they go what well, we can go out, so and <laughs> I, I, th- I think there was a, a news headline saying drunk people don't social distance, and you're going
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, is it,
0: does it take a rocket scientist to work that one out? I mean. <laughs>
1: exactly it's like questions we don't have to ask uh, that would be number one on my list right so kevin yeah now, so we're having the exact same thing
0: so i mean this is all nice chit chat but i really i got you on here for one reason and it's because i've got a bone to pick with you Oh. now we normally meet up at sequel bits um and kind of and they they have these parties And you are quite a one for dressing up. And I've got some pictures of you dressed up as Ghostbusters. Um, And I think there were some other ones you went as. But (laughs) there was one year, um, shall we say, it was a space theme. Yes. Now, I put... She we say more effort than I would normally put in. Uh, oh, she, no, I okay. put in a lot of effort. I went I, I thought I'd go with the alien theme. So I made a paper mache alien egg. And I bought an alien to go inside the egg. And then and also I made a costume that I had um it's uh Kane. So the John Hurts character. Is he but chest Yes. So I had
1: a, the chest burster, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So and I and I had a whole um Basically, a whole narrative where I I came into the party with the egg, um, and there was some, someone actually dressed up as Ripley, one of the actresses. The, you know, the, you know, they have the they go around, and so she was like, "Oh, cool, right?" So we went around for a bit, and I had my egg, and then at one point, I then the egg, well, the alien came out, and it was on my face. So for about twenty minutes, I walked around the party with, um, I've I, oh, I can't I can't see it. I had it here with the face hugger on. And then right. I then I then took it off, and then at twenty minutes later I then uh, the chestburster. and you know it took a lot of time, a lot of effort, and I thought I'm a shoe in for the best costume. That is until and I'm you can't see this. <laughs> um, let, let's have a look, um, people. Are, you be, if you've got the stream up, you'll be able to see this in a second. Now. I've got a nice picture of, of you in a dress, <laughs> dressed as Princess Leia. And people yeah. can see that. Um, now, if I'd known all I needed to do was dress up as a woman, I could have just, you know, not changed out. I could have just worn my wife's clothes. If if that's all it took, you- a little bit of just dressing up. I mean, I do admire, you know, the way that you went with the kind of the... um. I c- can you? You've got a copy of the picture somewhere, haven't you? Probably, yes, I do. Uh, probably, probably up behind you somewhere, as pride of place. I'm hoping. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, uh, not quite, but it is something that I do keep at uh, handy in case anyone wants to know what the what this famous costume was that I was wearing that evening. With <laughs> with a
0: grey beard. Yes. Uh, salt and pepper beard, not grey. Should we say salt and pepper? With the brown wig with the um the swirly hair yes. um just to say i wasn't pleased and i <sighs> i just have to get this off my chest really i think that's the um i think i just have to let people know that how displeased i was when i saw you um <laughs> pleased and, pleased
1: and displeased well that that for me It took a different kind of preparation yours was you know well thought out you had a narrative you executed on it and in my case uh, my wife came in and said this is what you're wearing and i said "Uh, what's there and she said well your job is as an evangelist for the company that employs you and so it's your duty to get attention and eyes on you in an event like this and i said hey, what a man does in the privacy of his own home is his business, but I'm not sure I want to work in a big public venue. And she said, well, it's out of your hands. Uh, you're going to do it. <laughs> so uh, I very carefully uh, dressed in the bathroom there. Uh, I don't know if you uh, recall it. other uh, sequel bits. Sometimes people would put on there costume at the hotel mm-hmm. a walk of shame you know i don't care how good your buzz light your costume is people are looking at you like you're a bit odd right <laughs> so yeah so i dressed in the in the bathroom and then came on over and uh i came out of the bathroom went straight in
0: that uh, i was going to ask where that it was. might
1: look like i was but i was a little bit
0: so sorry you were yeah, a little bit was,
1: i think the maybe the
0: Sorry, it's baking up a little bit. that's why we're talking over each other. Sorry what when was that? Can you remember?
1: I, I think that's the Excel center in um, maybe 2016 or 2017 and do you have a picture of your you know, uh, your costume your fancy dress
0: um, I have I might have some somewhere um, I mean I did I just ripped them up. I mean, once I saw you and you won, I just wanted to get rid of it and just just wipe it from my memory because such bad... punch me in the nose. (laughs) Bad memories. Oh, if I'd known. Um, So someone else who came to... There was another party, um, and he came as Super Ted in a big Super Ted outfit, and he walked back to his hotel, which wasn't close, and he walked across one of the bridges in London... Um, and at the other end of the bridge, there was a police car waiting for him. Yeah. Saying, um, uh, are you okay, sir? Is anything you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going <laughs> back to my hotel. He wasn't drunk or anything. Um, but he said, right. he, he said, as he was walking over the bridge, he could hear, cause it was obviously late at night, one or two in the morning. He said he could hear the CCTV, CCTV cameras move because you can just hear the motors go in them. No and then, <laughs> so clearly, someone had watched him go over the bridge, and and yeah, I mean, they he didn't. They just went back to his hotel and stuff. But he was he wasn't brought in. But yeah, they they probably had a good laugh at why Super Ted wandering.
1: Yes, yeah, there's some madman on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, strutting around, uh, going for a stroll in London. How about that?
0: I mean, the the last part. Now,
1: is... It's important, though, too, Mark. That Sorry, okay. Um, it's important to note that my colleagues did not let me select my own costume for the next two years. So, it, uh, you know, there was a little bit of blowback.
0: <laughs>
1: They're like, don't embarrass us again. <laughs>
0: but it, it was so good. <laughs> I mean, you were the best, you were the best layer there. Cause there were other layers.
1: That's true. Yeah, um, three or four actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And you beat, beat them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was all in uh, good fun, yeah.
0: I was what? So, sequel bits. i Oh, yes, it's um circus, um theme for, or would be for the next, if it's going yes. ahead. So, that's still the plan. Um, the greatest data show on earth. That would be the next sequel mm-hmm. bits. Um, mm-hmm. so I would be very interested. to See you coming as a trapeze artist, maybe or. Um, uh,
1: I had selected a lion tamer type um, uh, type costume so with the top hat and the ring and the coat and tails yeah uh, we'll, we'll see if that holds up hopefully I'll get to use it at some point oh well, you have bought it you've, I did, uh, I bought it ahead of time
0: I was um, hiring mine so I had to go back to the, the Yeah, I had to do the whole thing of going to the this. It's it was like some ex-army building um, uh, in the outskirts of the village where I live, and you sort of just knock on the door. I mean, it looks derelict, and then there's just full of. uh, They do all the costumes for stages, for stage shows and theatre productions. Mm. So um, I was just in there, and it must have been about eight or nine degrees. Uh, what's mm-hmm. that in, so that would be far, that'd be centigrade. 40
1: degrees Fahrenheit. So,
0: I, and, and so kind of, I was trying on, you know, the trousers and the shirt and stuff, and it was a bit cold.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, that's, you're seeing your breath at that, at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, the, um, the lady who was working there, so they had a little office. She did let me, um, change in the little office. Um, which had a couple of heaters in there.
1: Oh, nice.
0: But, um, yeah, I had to go back and say, um, yes, they've, um, they've canceled it. Um, can I just move the date when I'm you know, hiring it? But I was going on a similar theme to yours.
1: Mm. Um, you know, I do like that outfit you had one year where you were, um, a, uh, with your pith helmet and, uh, Explorer and, and yeah. uh you even chap hoppers. <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> that, that, that was quite quite fun
0: that was the kind of first major sequel bits party where they just went oh you know massive that was the steampunk party that was um that's right yeah i i'm not sure they for me i don't think they ever talked that
1: that was uh, just a whole lot of fun yeah
0: yeah, and it was so, it, I don't know whether it was just the other parties had been big, they have been just as good, and I think it was just a surprise. Yeah. So, I can't, mm-hmm. what was your disco outfit?
1: Well, that was one of the years where I was, uh, you know, overruled, so it was just a, you know, flashy neon shirt and um, circular glasses, and a, and a, I think I wore a, some kind of hat and, uh, you know, bell bottoms, so just. Disco, what? disco alpha.
0: I I quite like. I like it when companies do the theme. So when you and I think it was Aaron were there as Ghostbusters. I mm-hmm. can't remember who else came as Ghostbuster. Um,
1: and, well, it was Aaron and I, and then our. Uh, um, and for those of you watching, Aaron is a, a renowned Microsoft MVP. And uh, then our solutions engineer, our senior most solutions engineer, Scout Fallon, he came as a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, oh,
1: God. one of those costumes that has a little fan in it, and so it inflates, you know, and he's he's big and puffy, and it was it was great. Yeah,
0: oh, that is so good, so good.
1: Yeah. That was um the year that uh, Daniel Radcliffe was there filming the movie i think it uh, what was that movie um and so chris uh, chris testa o'neill hired one the makeup part to do him as two-face where this side was really horrifically scarred and the, and it was it was hollywood class makeup it was great really impressive
0: that was the superhero one and i think it was mm-hmm. catch me if you can too that's it because
1: You can too
0: I think the one of the key the keynote was on at the same time as they were filming, so we had to kind of have the doors shut and be quiet while mm-hmm. kind of. I think Mark, I didn't see him, but only from seeing the the film later on. They had Mark Ruffalo running in and banging on the doors, and there was a few other people. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I I didn't get to see anyone or, or kind of or any see any anything good. It's a bit of a shame but you did get to get a sneak behind the Hollywood magic because they had it set up as a theater inside. Mm. And you could see they had like cardboard people sitting in there. uh, Up to to a certain, so effectively, so they could have, and then obviously they just CGI'd people in.
1: There's all kinds of tricks like that that they do. I was was an extra in a film in the 80s, and um, I actually got positioned in a more prominent scene um, which they... But it was because I was tall and I needed to cover... They needed a tall person to cover all the cables that were hanging. So I got to stand in a part where when the camera panned by, you would see a person.
0: You know. whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, stop something. You were uh, you were an extra? I mean, I don't know about anything yeah. about your acting yeah. career.
1: Yeah, it, it was a 1985 film called Space Camp. And uh, they came to the uh, the town, uh, the city that I lived in, uh, Huntsville, Alabama. And I later worked at the NASA facility there, as, you know, after I graduated from the United uh, They came there because there's a huge museum of rocketry and, and spacecraft called the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. And so they were filming scenes there. And, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I answered the call for extras. And uh, every now and then uh, a family member or a friend... We'll uh, dig through the film, find those scenes where you can see me in the background, and uh, there's there's several that are pretty clearly a very early version of Kevin.
0: <laughs> oh, so I'm I mean I'm I'm not prying, but I'm now on IMDb looking at some of the pictures. Um, I can't see. Was it an indoor scene or outdoor scene?
1: Um, I was in both. I was in both, but you won't be able to see me in any of the pictures. Oh! Uh, my brother actually has it tagged as to exactly what a uh, couple scenes were. You know, eight minutes and thirty-seven seconds of the film. So I'll have to I'll have to dig that up and find out when the when those times were. Yeah.
0: So was that the? How many other times have you been a movie star?
1: <laughs> never, uh, never again after that. Yeah. Uh, so that was my one shot at fame.
0: Oh and it, you didn't get the bug I, then.
1: Well I did community theater um uh, both before and after but uh you know once once you start working and you have a family uh, a lot of that stuff is is hard to keep up with so um and coincidentally uh I was when uh, when I completed university I had gotten a, a I had been accepted into a master's program at the university there for artificial intelligence, very early versions of um, artificial intelligence. And I was examining the course requirements to complete the degree. And it was a two-year master's degree program. And I thought that you could finish six months early if you wrote a master's thesis. And I'm willing to work harder if I can finish sooner, right? So I said, yeah, that's what I'll do. And I was employed at the time. I was full-time uh, working. And so I um, I wrote my master's thesis outline, uh, kind of a detailed table of contents and abstract. And at the same time, I was flipping through a popular magazine of the day, which I think is still around as a website called Datamation. And in the back, they had an advertisement calling for authors. Datamation series of books is coming out. And so just on a whim, I printed out the abstract and and outline of the thesis, and I filled out their form and mailed it in. And a couple weeks later, I got a letter back saying, yeah, we'd love to uh, publish a book on this. So that was how I wrote my first book and never did finish the master's degree. So, um, yeah. But,
0: oh, that's it. I mean, that's
1: how I goes, non-character mode development.
0: (laughs) I guess it was that sort of, I guess... Yeah, you know, there's more prestige in having a being an author.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh, probably within a few months, the publication possibly started a job search, and it absolutely brought as much value to the salary negotiations as having a master's degree and then some. So, yeah, that was serendipity, but it was uh, it broke it broke in my favor in that case. <laughs>
0: i i i've always aspired i thought it'd be really nice to actually write a book or be an author because then you feel that you've kind of um i don't know not, not necessarily for me but you know my parents could go oh look there's actually something real i can actually see rather than this right you know as in i work inside computers I work in computers and I work, yeah, I shrink down. I work inside them all day. I then come back out and I then <laughs> expand back to full size. Like, um, right. what's the movie, the the something journey. Where they incredible stri- journey. that's yeah. yeah. Where they shrink the cool. these, the submarine down and they go through, uh, the guy's arteries. And yeah, you know, that's how I imagine they, yeah, you know, that's how I go to work every day. And that's what I do. Um, yeah. So it's actually have something go, oh, look, you know, he's an author. Look, that's his name on a book. You know, you can send it to them. They go, oh, look,
1: he's he's made it. Even if even if it's... Yeah. The... You know, I always... I'm sorry, I interrupted.
0: No, 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 no. Go on. I,
1: I always say, um, I love having written a book, but I hate writing books. So, and it, that really crystallized for me when uh, the first time I and my... You know, Kids were in a big bookstore bundles here in the U.S. and my kids ran over to the bookshelf and they're like, "Daddy, here's your book," and that was great. You know, that felt awesome. But writing books is really miserable. It's it's hard work. It's a um, you know, for me, uh, it would be psychologically to dig a very large ditch um, because it's it's very lonely work. You're working alone. Um, you're doing it uh, for, you know, many hours on end, uh, so you have to stay really focused. But you you do, and you have to, you know, remain connected to your family. So it's a situation in which, in my case, it wasn't a hard sacrifice. You have to give up something, though. And in my case, I just gave up entertainment. So when I first started to write, um, you know, uh, it was in the early 90s. People would ask, hey, you remember this and such show that was so popular on TV? for, for And I'm like, nope, never saw an episode. <laughs> I mean, it was probably on, you know, and I had a laptop in my lap, but I was not focused on, on that kind of stuff at all. So, so
0: are you still writing so books?
1: That, uh, that's how we... You know, I ha- uh, there was a pretty long gap um, of a couple years where I hadn't, but I actually uh, just signed up with a couple of co-authors and we're going to do a new edition of SQL in a nutshell. So I'm very excited about that. That'll be our fourth edition. And it's planned to come out the first of the year. So in 2021, we'll have a new edition of that. And I'm really stoked about it.
0: Oh, fabulous. Um, So uh, I can share this because, because nothing's happening. So I was, I was approached by one of the, um, uh, people who work for uh, one of the publishing houses saying, you know, they'd like to, um, if I was interested in, in working on a book for Synapse. Um,
1: oh, nice. And, yeah. And I like, like, yeah,
0: okay. And, like, mm, okay. and then I went to one of my friends and said, uh, I saw on LinkedIn that they were connected to one of my friends who I work with, who works in the same team. And I said, has this guy contacted you about doing a book? And he went, yeah. And I said, no, okay. And then I went to someone else in my team and I said, has this guy contacted you about writing a book? And he went, yeah, I'm so low down on the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got <laughs> out of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so it was an ego boost for a moment and then you're like, hmm,
0: yeah, I you know sure. <laughs> I was up here and then suddenly I'm, oh, you know." I mean, all those people that I don't know that he must have tried. There'll be, yeah, you know, there'll be, there'll be hundreds. But you know, even the people in my small group of friends, he's already been through those and worked his way through, and they all said no. Um, <laughs>
1: um,
0: but well, I was, you know. I was questioning to, to, because I wasn't sure whether books are maybe sequel because how it ch- it doesn't change. The core language hasn't changed significantly over time new features get added right. and that's why you need to update the book but for things like Synapse and cloud-based things it, it it almost feels like is a book the right medium you know it, it, should, should it exactly. be video and blogs um is that where you should be going
1: yeah it changes frequently in fact i have a uh, i have a rant percolating inside of my brain um, that I want to put out in a um, probably a broader um, channel than just my blog. Maybe I'll put it on LinkedIn. But the, the gist of it is pointed at companies like Google and Amazon and so forth about um, your your paradigm for design of your products is wrong. okay? Um, so for example, one of the reasons I stopped doing a lot of Azure uh, sessions, Azure SQL Database and Azure SQL Database managed instance and such was I could be writing a presentation this week, go through everything on let's say Thursday, check all my demos, everything's great, present on Friday morning and it breaks or alternately a choice on a menu isn't there any but I have to find it somewhere else you know on some other part of the Azure portal or something like that and you know I understand what's going on from the the point of view of the product managers and that they're like okay you know we have to we have to redistribute the 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 cognitive um, load uh, so it's more logical this thing over here than over there and and then our user experience people watched a bunch of customers or prospects use the product and so they felt like uh, it would be better to have this in a different place than in another place because uh, the friction to learn the interfaces but again my point is that that's the wrong attitude to go into this Um, they go into it each time as if it's a fresh slate right and we've we've cleaned the blackboard and we're starting over from scratch the the right to the news is you have learned how to drive an automobile okay now instead of having a uh, your shifter on the floor we've decided to put it on the, st- the steering column and two releases from now we've decided that rather than having we're going to give you two joysticks like are in a uh, construction vehicle where you're doing things like that so, so every time people who already know how to drive that vehicle get in, there is an enormous obstacle for them to overcome and be productive again. Uh, that's my rant. Let's talk about the longevity of these different products. And, um, of course, there's a counter counterargument. Uh, we don't intend for this user interface to last for 15 years. Uh, we intend for it to last four years, you know, something like that. But, again, uh, I'm not sure if uh, if I agree with that answer, you know? So that's my current rant right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's fair enough if – I mean, that used to be one of the people's bugbears in Word and things they use and stuff would disappear and menu items would change and kind of right. – You know, oh, well, I used to – You know, I could do stuff and now it takes me twice as long because I'm having to relearn everything. But mm-hmm. – I guess from a design point of view, if you put it in the wrong place five years ago, you probably want to update that. So do you wait for a major change? I mean, any change people are going to dislike. You're always going to have a certain set of people that don't like any change. And then mm-hmm. there's certain people that want constant change. And is it the, just the group in the middle? Um, mm-hmm. It's, and I guess who who are you targeting? Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: when so I've I've talked to my my parents and my my um, my father-in-law when he was alive and um and he would say why are why did Google keep changing my email and or Hotmail why did why did Hotmail keep changing my email and he'd be like well it's not your
1: email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes I, you've got a great point
0: it's, I, y- y- you aren't paying for it um, you know it is someone else's service and they're trying to do updates and make stuff better and that's they're, they're trying um, and it may not work um, and it may make it harder but um, yeah I guess it's different if you pay hundreds of thousands of pounds for software which most I mean, I don't do. But if you're buying, I
1: I wouldn't if I could.
0: <laughs> if you're buying expensive video editing software, then that's expensive. There still there still must be expensive software out there. Oh yeah, yeah. They can't keep changing that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I kind of it's that's interesting because I've seen it from both sides. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah, uh, and, and I know that's that's one of the fun things about it that, that doesn't necessarily mean there's an easy solution there or that your ideas of um, how to change things are right or even in the ballpark of being right. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I, at least in my case, when I uh, read someone else's rant that uh, and I'm like, that was fun. <laughs> uh, it's because they express a lot of, um, just the, the humanity of the situation, right? Here's what I'm struggling with, and I I might not say, ah, oh, yeah, that's my struggle too. I might not say that, but I am probably going to say, I've had a corollary kind of struggle, you know, and uh, I've struggled in this. Way. Maybe not the you know the same thing you're talking about, but yeah, I, I've been there, and so I like to to kind of uh, it's like when you're having a friendly debate with someone, and um, so I like to kind of put myself in their shoes and think about it. And then, you know, does this work for me or not? You know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's always it's always fun to try and see it from the other angle. Um, because, you know, I, I've only got my experience. And that doesn't mean that I'm right. It just means that in my head, this is what I know. But if I'm not open to listen to other people's views and other people's arguments, you know, I can't. Are you familiar with Alex Yates? He he did something. He put some post up on Twitter, and he was saying, "Can someone help me do something?" Um, So Mm -hmm. a designer to do do some work on a website, and then kind of, I I can't. And there was a bit of backlash or something because um, he was effectively asking a designer to do some work for nothing, and that's not how. Uh, And that's not how they work. That may be how people Mm -hmm. in our community might do stuff for free and help each other out. But um, to then expect someone to give their work away, but because he wasn't thinking about it from their point of view and their shoes, um, Mm -hmm. it was quite, but it was quite a a legitimate and honest question. It wasn't, he wasn't being, Mm -hmm. trying to be rude. But when someone did educate him, he went, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean, you know, now I understand. And we can move on. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Yeah. So um, there's a, it's, yeah, I I don't know. It's just whether I've got older. I've just got, I've got more opinionated and less opinionated at the same time.
1: Same for me, yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I I uh, I am very picky about which hills I choose to die on. So. <laughs> Some oh. are worth it, but most aren't. You know, so I just <sighs> move on.
0: Yes, I do remember having a long argument over whether a struct was better in c or whether a, a type oh we spent right. hours and then you know but now i think it was such a waste of time we didn't get anywhere
1: yep a, a friend of mine was once telling me that he was um uh, he was l- looking at uh getting a new job and i was like well you've only been in this job for two maybe two years and he said yeah but here's here's how i think about jobs and with my particular set of skills, I can go at any day of the week, and with a few weeks of interviewing, I can find a job that pays as or well better. So, because of that, this is the context I live in. Because of that, if I'm working a job where the stupidity gets too big, I think to myself, "Is it going to be worth it for me to spend another two years here fixing all of this stupidity, or would it be easier for me?" go to a new place deeper stupidity is there so i thought it's hmm, a pretty interesting way to look at it. <laughs> and he's still very successfully and happily living with that strategy today so all right
0: yeah I, I think my my opinion of jobs and stuff has changed and i don't know whether that's just being an old git but i think this is my one job but the company i work for they have lots of jobs So I need to be very picky about the job that I do, and if there is a level of stupidity or frustration that I can't get over, well then I'll I'll look for another job because, you know, there's no point living with a job that's terrible. But but I think that's or is that just a privileged position to be in? And I think
1: well, it is, but it's not a bad privilege, right? Yeah, and it's um, even if the job isn't. isn't too difficult, even if the job, but you work in a very large corporation or or you have opportunities, then I say, knock yourself out. There's no reason not to find the next better thing. Uh, Back when I I did work in large corporations, I probably changed jobs every two or three years in, You know, it looked on my, my CV. I had a seven-year tenure at this company, but I worked three or four jobs while I was there. So, yeah, keep it fresh.
0: Yeah. I kind of, I think I've, I looked at Buck Woody's sort of, he's had a very similar sort of type of career when I think he came to Microsoft. Every so often he's looking for a new yeah. challenge. You know, once you become comfortable, well, maybe it's time to move on.
1: Yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's, you know what? I'm sorry. Go, go on, on, go on. And it, it depends on what's uh, a little bit on what's gratifying to you. So, um, like, uh, Buck and I he enjoys teaching a lot. And so uh, in some cases, once the the position is easy for him, he still gets a lot of gratification out of teaching the principles that he's learned and and so forth. So, um, and, and I can't of course speak for him, but, um, What I do know of Buck is that sometimes he's like, well, you know, I could do this for a bit longer because I now have a a different aspect of my own personality. Instead of learning new stuff, now I'm teaching new stuff. And that is something that I do enjoy. So, you know, it depends a bit on your your personality, too.
0: Right. We, I mean, we've been talking for kind of almost, I mean, privately almost an hour, um, but publicly probably at least 45 minutes or so. And I haven't asked you any of my stupid questions, uh, emergency questions. All
1: right, so, let's let's pull one of those out. <laughs> all right,
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in time. All right, I so I'm gonna do this question because I think you might appreciate it. What's your favorite um, episode of Geeks on Screens? So this podcast, this this video thing from season one.
1: Um, what's oh. Didn't we talk together just a few (laughs) few months ago? All right. um, (laughs) That would be it. Yes.
0: um, Okay, let's. So I've got a standard question. I'm going to roll out an old question as well. What's your favorite cheese?
1: My favorite cheese. Well, um, let me first explain that I could wax poetic with misty eyes like I'm remembering an old lover when it comes to cheese. I am a fan of cheese. Um, I think um, if uh, if there was a big cheese board arranged in front of us and, and a host said, Mark, Kevin, have whatever you like here on, on the cheese board, I would probably naturally gravitate towards, uh, if they had it, uh, uh, long term. Um, so a Dutch cheese, it's spelled G-O-U-D-A, but it may be pronounced differently huda or gouda and it's um uh, as as it ages beyond um two years it um it is very firm it's it's almost a wax like a candle wax consistency but something special happens inside of it in which the salt crystallizes so as you're nomming on the cheese there occasionally comes a little crunch into something like almost rock-like when that's the salt and it um it sends fireworks my synapses in my brain, so I just love the, these good aged Goudas.
0: Oh wow! All right, so it's it's a really silly, stupid question, um, which I stole off of someone else. I mean, I, I would give Michael credit, but I I can't be asked. Um, um, <laughs> but it's it, it, it people have so many good responses to it. Um, so the that was I was asking everyone in season one what that was. Um, and I sort of put a montage together and after about five people and kind of, it went on for about 20 minutes of uh, people just waxing lyrical. And that was just five people. Um, and I did, I talked to, I've talked to about 30 something people, 38 yeah, people. 30 something. People. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which number we are. Um, and yeah. everybody's got a long story about cheese. Isn't so. that something? You, you, who, who would talk about cheese Here,
1: here's a digression about trees
0: oh, oh go on <laughs> shoot
1: so when i was uh, a wee lad a um an indian family moved in down the street from me and um the um uh, one of the older sons in the 20s um made friends with our family, and he'd come over and visit sometimes. And uh, my mom asked him, and I was probably 12 at the time, and my mom asked him, what was one of the more surprising things you experienced when you came here to the U.S. for the first time? And uh, i really excited. Uh, he says, well, I, I was so excited to try a cheeseburger for the first time. Um, and we're like, well, um, there's really not a lot. In the USA, we don't consider that to be a novelty. He said, well, you know, in my experience back home in India, all cheeses were like a cheese. They're wet. Uh, No firm cheeses in his upbringing. So I wanted to know how you could put cheese onto a hamburger and make it stay. And we were like you know that's just a a tiny story but a kind of a macrocosm of how cool it is to be able to travel and learn how people do other things because in your own experience it just doesn't seem like it could work
0: yeah well if i went to i mean if i didn't know anything about cheeseburgers i'd be going there's not a lot of cheese in a cheeseburger is there (laughs) that's right (laughs) i mean it's like what is 50 percent of the name of the item it is relatively a small amount of cheese, you know, significant amount of bun, most, yeah, mostly yeah. meat, or well, mostly bun, I would have thought. The,
1: the proportion is not very great, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> One slim layer.
0: I could not get my, obviously when I was young, maybe I was just a bit too literal. I could not get my head around a hamburger because there was no ham in it.
1: That's right. Yeah. I remember grappling with that as well, isn't it? That's when I realized that words um, have multiple layers of meaning and, and origin.
0: Uh, is that uh, hamburger is in Hamburg, or was
1: right. it? Right, that, that's my understanding.
0: And freedom fries, which I think were an American thing, because they didn't want to call <laughs> them French fries.
1: They were annoyed with the French. Yeah, those yeah. those people. Uh-huh. I mean, and of course, it's, it's a great irony there, though, because they're actually interesting, so you know.
0: Well, the most um, iconic um, statue in America was from the French, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: that's right <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know the the what you would imagine as the iconic kind of immigrants or being welcomed the thing that welcomes everyone to america is obviously statue of liberty and that's what you think about and that that is iconic and represents you know the states or did when i was younger i probably i don't remember seeing it being i guess touted as much now or but not not so much in popular media i guess
1: yeah well, yeah, there are political forces that are working to make America immigrant unfriendly. That's true.
0: Yeah, that's yes, yeah. Uh, and we, we have the same forces here. Um and and yeah, the thing you go is well is anybody native in reality? No. Uh, so No
1: um, Exactly.
0: You know, and when you if you go back eighty, forty thousand years, you know the human race all started in one particular place coming out of, um, I, I think stuff has changed over time. The amount of, um, essentially, we all started from somewhere like the Rift Valley um, from the tribes that came out there originally and then spread all around Europe and all around the world and different mm-hmm. tribes left at different times. Um, and I think that theory has changed over time depend because they're using DNA to track yes. that. And you go. Well, we we're all, we're all came from the same place. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you, if you open us up, we're all the same inside.
1: That's true. It's, yeah, there's not a not a difference in there.
0: No, yeah. no, and yeah, it's what makes us actually interesting is where we come from and our, our cultural background and where we grew up, and you know why you've got an American accent. That's yeah. If if we weren't didn't have video on, I wouldn't know what you look like. All I know is right. your accent. Um, mm-hmm. And you find that if you go to London, you know, I mean, and you walk around, you close your eyes, you wouldn't know where you were and you wouldn't know who you were speaking to or where they were from. Um, right. Yeah. it's. Um, that's, I, so I had I had a theory that that was the only way I could try and work out what people's background was is from their accent because of it's it's quite, although you can change it over time and you can adjust it, people generally don't. So you, you know, yes. Oh, you grew up on the West side of London or, or the East side or the South side because of sure. twangs and, you know, um, but yeah, you couldn't tell or, anything else about people.
1: Right. Or if you're speaking, uh, scouse, there was the, uh, sequel, uh, sequel bits in Liverpool. <sighs> and uh, I was behind two young women at one of the cash machines to get some cash, and they were chatting quite loudly with each other, and I thought they were they were Polish. You know, there's a lot of Polish immigrants on the British, a little bit more carefully, I began to realize, holy crap, that is a English-like language what is that <laughs> i <laughs> talked to some of my friends from the air and they're like oh you've met some scousers is what you've done i was like holy smoke never heard it uh, in the flesh there until that that very day
0: i mean if, if even when you live here you'll be shocked at some of the accents um i was in a shop in Glasgow with well, rob rob sewell and it was just popping yeah. in there getting something and could not uh, I mean, some guy was talking to us, being really nice, kind of. I mean, I can't—I couldn't tell if he was drunk, um, but he was Glaswegian. That's all I could work out. Yes. <laughs> and you know that? I mean, that's an accent. You don't mess with anyone with that accent.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: No. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, yeah and he's just talking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you know what he said? No. All right. Just keep walking. Keep walking. <laughs> so.
1: All right. I'm going to ask you. you That's the interesting thing here in the States as well, is that some families, you know, I grew up in the deep south and some families like myself, my parents were very conscientious to correct me anytime I had a southernism creep into my language. They're like, you need to sound like a broadcaster on television right but on the other hand you go three doors down in your neighborhood and the kid you're playing with is like hey y'all want to go play uh, I, I can just run up the stairs and get my football we'll go play for a while you know and it's an entirely different way of talking so yeah it's funny stuff
0: so we have the same same uh, it's not so bad now but there what, there was a whole thing in the UK where you couldn't be on television if you had an accent um wow. yeah oh yeah and you had to you had to be rp You know, um, uh, what is it? Something pronunciation. Received pronunciation. The Queen's English. We had to be very, very precise, and and the BBC English was the other term for it. Um, Right. uh, But if you if you had a slight accent, you'd be seen as not as intelligent, you know, or exactly, and and so you couldn't do. That's what my dad always said. Yeah, because that's what people make their first impressions, and if you've got um a southern drawl people will underestimate you perhaps exactly and you know that may wait work to your advantage uh, but it also may be a disadvantage exactly i mean i I don't know whether things are so bad now do people judge each other
1: if it's if it's um it's if it's a little bit then they don't but if it's if it's really strong then you'll get judged
0: yeah i guess it's a bit, I guess that will change over time, but yeah. it's, it's, yeah. I, I, you know, it's right. I better get some questions done, right? I'm going to get you to do so. So season two, I was asking everybody, um, what was your favorite album?
1: Oh boy. That's such, I'm a, I'm a big music fan. Um, and, uh, and I also am a very heavy listener to music. So I'm, uh, I, I don't, um, you know, listen to the '80s music that I once did. Whereas I have other friends who are like, they can't stop playing Journey and Don't Stop Believing, right? Or you know, or the Rolling Stones or what have you. Um, So uh, I'm going to give you two answers. Um, I'll uh, I'll say my, uh, which is a little bit tough. Uh, It's really a a choice between several different albums, and then my favorite recent album. Um, So my favorite of all time uh probably 2006 Green Day American idiot um, mm. for me that had extremely high production values and it um, it really caused a big social awakening in the USA a lot of people are like wow uh, rock can be political again right um, and uh, so but of course I also love the music and and I uh, like uh, Green Day days esthetic um let's see one of my m- more recent uh albums that i really like is um again there's so many um but i'll go with um a, a band called paris uh and it's spelled p v instead of an a it's p v r i s and they they had a, a few years ago they released a album called white noise and i really liked it um i really i really enjoy female vocalists who can bring the thunder and so they're um their lead singer Lynn Gunn uh, was just belting out some good, good old-fashioned rock and roll. Oh, okay. It was, it was a lot of fun. I,
0: yeah. was, I was going to ask what kind of genre that was because I hadn't but, heard. Uh,
1: it. I, you know, I listen. Yeah, yeah. uh alternative rock is their label, uh, their category here in the states. But I do listen to a lot of EDM and um, uh, a lot of metal and uh, a lot of country. So I'm all over the map.
0: It's. It's a broad church. You can listen to, you know, it's, it's, I, I sometimes, I have this conversation. So my children ignore me, clearly. I mean, mo- like most people, <laughs> but when they listen to something and I say, oh, well, if you like that, then maybe you should listen to this because that was clearly inspired by, Um, oh, what well, that dance music there is, it's actually very much a bit like Fatboy Slim or a bit of Faithless. Sure. And then Mm -hmm. that is like something else. And that takes it's, you know, if you go with someone like fat boy, slim, um, Norman cook, you go from there, you go to, um, what was he in? Well, back to the house Martins. Right. And caravan of love and kind of other, you know, many, many years ago. And, um, they had some, I can't remember what their name of the band was. They had a song called dub be good to me. Um, was it 90s music? Um, but that sort of family tree, I think there have been some programs on it. I, I really like, um, you know,
1: I had just that experience with my youngest daughter who's 17 now. And we, one evening, we watched uh, a program, a documentary on the Eagles, who are one of my favorite bands of all times. And she really liked their music. So I start seeing on her Spotify playlist all. Kinds of Eagles music, and then, you know, a week later she comes down and she's like, "Have you guys ever heard of Linda Ronstadt?" We're like, "Holy smokes, Linda Ronstadt!" You know, was the bomb. And then she goes away for a while. She comes back. And it's like, um, I won't by uh, I never heard of him before Fleetwood Mac do you know them and we're like <laughs> you know, only one of the best bands of all times you know so um but it was fun too because she would say you know who else is out there and we could say oh well you know Jackson Brown was a, a contemporary of theirs and you know this artist and that artist so uh it was really fun to bond over that kind of stuff too
0: yeah I, I haven't really had kind of because my children just ignored me um we haven't really had that experience yet. So maybe you know every time i played them something um i played them a whole load of 80s music um uh, it was a saturday morning and mm-hmm. i took control and i just um danced around next to them while they were on tiktok or whatever just just to, to wind them up play playing different uh-huh. things i don't know a bit like journey um sure i played was it pat benatar there was a few things, um, you know, Bonnie Tyler. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, my mm-hmm. daughter likes a good bit of Bonnie Tyler now from Total Eclipse yeah. of the Heart. Um, yes. although it's a very weird video.
1: I don't know. It where- is, yeah. Don't go the video route and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, no.
0: Um all right, we're gonna do and we're gonna finish up on two questions. One is who to nominate okay. next, but first we're gonna do the Richard Herring emergency question. So this is a book by a comedian that um, pretty much no one I've talked to has ever heard of. Um, and he has a book of hundred and one uh, 1,001 emergency questions. So you pick a number between 1 and 1,001, and we'll see how it goes.
1: Uh, let's go with 426.
0: Any reason why 426?
1: Well, um, because I'm looking at... Um, a I'm looking at Tweetdeck and I see that the last time a, a certain friend of mine messaged me directly was on 426 so that's why I chose it
0: okay um what's the most lamented thing you've ever had stolen from you
1: ah now this this, this is a real this is a real lamentable thing so um my my dad was uh, Very, very into genealogy. And so, um, and very much a keeper of heirlooms. And I, uh, over the weekend, I was cleaning out one of my storage boxes, which I shouldn't have here in my office. And I was looking at the uh, discharge papers from my ancestor who fought in the Civil War. So it was in the beautiful, you know, kind of dipped. Um, ink pen kind of uh, writing and, and you know, released and so forth and he earned a pension but that ancestor left to my family um, two sabers from the Civil War, uh, a dress saber and a field saber and uh, two rifles. Well one was a rifle and one was a shotgun and in 2008 my house was broken and all of those things were stolen from me. Oh no! Yeah. So these were the sabers were Civil War. The um, shotgun and um, and rifle were shortly after the 1800s or so. So this would be like if you had um, remnants of your ancestors, you know, artifacts from the Crimean War, you know, and then someone stole them from you. That really hurt. I went and researched, and it turns out they're not terribly expensive to buy. Civil uh, War weapon uh, saber—it's been in the thousands of dollars. But still, uh, the rifle, for example, had a, a silver medallion in the um, in the uh, stock, and it had the um, uh, the name of the craftsman who had cleaned it, and he would put the date every time he did and so we you know you could see a little bit of its pedigree there um and so it was just really neat you know as part of the family kind of thing so that one was very lamented uh that loss
0: is it must be quite hard to then sell that on but you must because it's so unique especially when you've got dates and things engraved on it so
1: yeah so yes and no so um uh, us as data people can immediately begin to think of different ways that we would use to acquire the information for where this artifact went the problem is the police don't care about that so um, so even though we were searching diligently ourselves on all the different websites to see if we could find that stuff there was no really um, uh, you know concentrated effort to find those things so if you just go to some kind of fan, web page or you know website that has a discussion uh, you could sell that stuff but true.
0: that's really kind con- god that's that's. do you know what that's a really downer way to end the chat Let okay let's,
1: <laughs> so i had this three-year-old gouda and one of my <laughs> kids ate it oh. and i very much lamented <laughs> they got my all right my okay. beloved gouda all
0: right I, I like this question so um so i recently replaced the um phone screen and battery on an iphone um so when was the last time you were amazed by your own brilliance
1: oh my goodness you know i'm so much more amazed by my own idiocy that I am my own brilliance. It's like, oh my God, how can I do that? That's the dumbest thing ever. What was I thinking? Um, um, you know, um, I'll, I'll give you a simple one and it's one that shows up a lot in my Facebook stream. So um, I am into gardening. And so uh, I, um, every month I go to the same two places in the yard and I take a picture of my flower gardens in front of my house. Uh, my intention to be to, you know, um, over time of the garden and the reason this impressed me with my own brilliance um, and I'm kind of misstating it. I'm, I'm always pleased and surprised to see what happens and that it works out so well, partly because I'm colorblind. But so what, um, what is really exciting for me is that something I started, working on two years ago in earnest is now coming to fruition and in beautiful um kind of coruscating and undulating colors that change from month to month and so right now the black-eyed susans and the hydrangeas are blooming but before that it was the fuchsias and the hyacinths and then before that it was the crocus and the tulips and so for me um uh, it's like a, a, a a musical composition in very slow motion and so i always have different things blooming and and then they subside and the way i've planned it and uh, planted it is there's different heights and textures and color and things and so for me it brings me great pleasure to see what the heck's going to work and sometimes there's some horrible disasters so uh it, it keeps me humble and reminds me that this is not a sure thing
0: i was going to ask i didn't know whether to ask you about your special glasses because you've got some glasses oh. that reverse or alter the color blindness.
1: yes that's right they're called in is the brand and um i i still put there my official sunglasses and so i wear them out in the yard all the time uh, or you know as we travel around and it's sunny and uh, my my uh, family just recently posted um uh, a couple videos from when i first put them on like three years ago because uh, they were given to me for father's day and father's day just passed a little while ago here in the States. And, um, so, it, you know, and so they put up a video, the first time I ever saw fireworks with a full spectrum of colors. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to see a grown man cross that video, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was astonishing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, it, and it's funny too, because i you know, I'm, I'm not thinking much about, colors and then I put them on and my wife and I are driving somewhere and she's driving and I'm like oh my god look at that red truck <laughs> she's, uh, yeah they're like it's just leaping out at you or uh, you know uh, there's a big um, billboard up and it's a um, cosmetics commercial and the woman's putting on red lipstick and I'm like that is a provocation right there she's like well I'm kind of used to red lipstick but you're right that you know is intended to draw your eye it's right there too, um, but for me, it's just so unexpected and unusual that uh, I, I can't help but be gobsmacked, you know, when I see a red stop sign or something.
0: That must, uh, I guess, that must physically change your how you view the world if you see stuff effectively through a whole different lens. yeah It does. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it's funny. About it. Sorry
1: even well even in things like a little game on your um on your phone and um so i don't often wear sunglasses in the house but every now and then i'm like i'm gonna play this new game i've downloaded and i want to see what the real colors are and i'm like good gosh this is like <laughs> exploding with colors right my wife's like yeah what does it look like to you and i'm like well it's tan and brown and you know various shades of that and she's like, that is so boring. I'm like, yeah, that's why I, I think I can stop playing a game. Because a lot of the kids, you know, they just can't stop. It's so exciting.
0: Yeah, I guess your your endorphin levels must be very different if you're not being kind of visually stimulated in the same way as everyone else. That may even just, I guess, partly affect how you've developed. I mean,
1: because... I, I, I would think so, yeah and then obviously you know, like uh
0: not in a bad way i'm just but yeah, other things make up it, for it's it it's definitely
1: yeah. had an it's had an impact for sure like um i never consider myself squeamish uh and watch something that and my wife was like turning it away and, and i was like it's not that bad and she said put your glasses on and i put my glasses on replayed the scene and i'm like holy <laughs> holy smokes, <laughs> there's blood everywhere. And she's like, yes, it is like flying at you at the screen. You know, things <sighs> over my head. <laughs> yeah, I guess, Didn't even notice.
0: So do, uh, do you then, I guess, you don't wear them all the time, so then you do, are there are there particular times when you choose to, to, to wear them then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're, wearing them yeah. at the Secret Bits party must be kind of, if you bring them along, it will be amazing.
1: Yes. And what I really need to do is they have two models. The one my family bought for me were sunglasses. So if we're in a big darkened room like many of those parties are, you know, I would trip over my own feet. Yeah but I could see the color um, computer or indoor glasses. And I need to go ahead and spring for those. Um, they are still, a, they have a little bit of tinting, so they're a little bit dark, but not like the, the real sunglasses are. So that's what I need because I'd love to be able to wear them inside and see all the same colors too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess I I've started, my eyesight started to get worse. So I mm-hmm. need glasses for reading and sure. it's a- pain to just yeah <laughs> I, I, you know uh, i'm i'm at that point of i know i can't read it but i don't you know uh, i'm having to now actually put the glasses on because it's too much effort not to be able to read it and just guess oh those right. ingredients so yeah we fine yeah that sell by <laughs> date No, no,
1: it'll be That's good right. yeah I thought it said six ounces of f- fennel, not flour. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> very different recipe. <laughs>
0: That's 60 ounces or six. I can't, Oh, I never It'll be fine. Right. right.
1: So yeah.
0: I've, I've taken your time, so much of your time up. So firstly, where can people come and get more Kevin? So are you doing any presentations, any things coming up?
1: Yes, indeed. So, um, I, I'm doing webinars on a almost a weekly basis now. Um, so, uh, centuryone.com/events, and you'll see all. And there's quite a few in the future. I also uh, put out an offer, and in case anyone who's listening might be in this position, if you are a user group leader um, or uh, an association leader, and you'd like to have a speaker like me. I've been, you know, volunteering that uh, for anybody who is interested since we're all kind of cooped up under the pandemic. And so I have um, one this week for the uh, Phoenix, Arizona user group, SQL Server user group, and then um, Lansing, Michigan um, later in the week, and then Orange County, California next week. So I've got three um, pretty, pretty in-depth coming up uh, just in the next seven days.
0: Are they publicly open, as in are they yes. going to be broadcast so anyone can join in?
1: Typically, yes. Oh. Um, you would probably have to go to like their meetup page, and yeah. then it gives you the uh, the details for how to contact, but uh, yeah, it's all available to, to be watched online.
0: And um, it, are they kind of recorded then? To, or...
1: It just depends. Um, many. Uh, what I typically do when a user group leader contacts me is I kind of have... Um, you know um, uh, email presentations choose any of those you want or if you're interested I have lots of other topics I've delivered so we oh, can okay. talk about something else too so uh, in many cases it turns out that they've already been recorded and placed on our website uh, yeah. one dot I, I
0: mean so I, I was talking with um, some user group leaders about um the challenge of you can if you record it do less people turn up to your event to watch it live and the answer is yes um because without being in so if they were there and they could do a q and a with you and they can ask you questions that's a, people some people will jump at that you know i jump at that to get right. some kevin time <laughs> um but, well that which is what you would get if you went to a real user group and you were there in person exactly. you can come up and say hello to you and and i can bore you to death with stories um and then you can pretend to be interested and then sort of slope <laughs> off oh i've got to get somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah someone is calling uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> um yeah it's just, um oh you've done it before okay um yeah so of just on so some of them they don't record them to to make sure people turn up um, and others are kind of very much like we'll record it and keep it forever but um you guys right. have got your stuff recorded professionally, you know they're very kind of stock standard and this is it um you want you want you for the nuance you want you for the detail and the value add and kind of your personal experience that's why it's good to get right. you in person
1: Thank you yeah and and i always prefer to connect with a live audience as well yeah that's always very good
0: yeah 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 you could yeah i mean you are a consummate professional so i'm sure you know there's no problem with presenting to remote pre- presentations where people don't respond because you know you're just you, you carry on through that I'm used, yeah yeah I'm used. that's it's quite hard to get used to that when you're used to uh, an audience yes. uh, i mean i i struggled with that
1: yeah yeah. You know, in fact, it, it is only because of experience, you know, having done this many times, that when I don't hear questions, my my usual go-to in a situation like, you know, pause and say, are there any questions? And you don't hear anything. Uh, my usual response would be to say something along the lines of, what I often hear people ask at this point is dot, dot, dot. And so then it's it almost feels extemporary. For the listeners, for the viewers, in fact, no one actually did ask a question. It's just that I've done this enough that people have asked questions at that point each time. So that's one of the uh, that's one of the few things that I could say experience has definitely helped with. It's knowing where people will laugh, knowing where <laughs> people will, you know, think this is weird and need more explanation or what. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. If you haven't got that facial expression at the other end going, oh. Or- then it's sometimes hard to know whether you've lost them, whether you, they're with you, or whether you even care. You know, sometimes right, we're going to get yeah. through this. Right? Come with me if you can.
1: Yeah, keep up. Don't. It's up to you. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so actually, so the final question is: Who would you like to nominate? You can either do it privately or publicly. Um, I don't mind. Um, who do you think would en- so? Who do you think would enjoy a chat with me? Or more importantly, who would I enjoy talking to?
1: I ah okay, and I think you may know this person. Um, but I'm going to nominate uh, Julie Coes Uh I don't know if you know Julie. She was a long time MVP, um, and now she works for Microsoft in um, you know in Redmond. She's part of the team, uh, the tools team. So lately, she's been doing a lot of amazing sessions on things like uh, Jupiter or Azure Notebooks, stuff like that. But uh, Julie's brilliant and uh, a great representative for women in technology, for um, So you will have an enormous number of topics to discuss. Um, from everything like diversity and inclusion to all of the technologies that she's so good at, um, to maybe uh, you know what it's like to have grown up in Indonesia for a while and then in Australia for a while. I mean, she's been all over the globe. So
0: okay, all right, yeah, a
1: lot of The two of you could have a conversation about. Yeah,
0: oh, okay. Is it? We're going to need more than an hour, aren't we? We we can split them up. So. I've I've about <laughs> oh, oh there's there's about ten other questions so I could we could keep going for another hour, Kevin. But um um I think my dog needs a walk, so um what we'll do is get you back back again.
1: Yeah, you know, Mark. I always enjoy our time together, so <laughs> that would be super. I'd, yeah. I'd really enjoy that. Yeah.
0: You make it sound like we've been in prison together. <laughs> and we well, ha- you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. It can be a prison sometimes, so it's always good to connect as human beings, you know, and just share a pint and uh, you know, and, and and you and I are um, of a, a similar age, you know, so we we know each other's burdens and things like that. So it's it's always good to have a conversation with you.
0: It is, and th- thank you for your time because um, I know you're busy and this is your like working day. Um, so yes, yeah, you may have other things. It uh, it doesn't say tires. It says fires. Sorry. Stop in the background. Stop fighting database fires. Sorry. I thought I would do a you know, a, a little quick, before we go, was that Century 1, the the monitoring yes. software?
1: Mm-hmm. So, That's correct. Uh-huh. Just, just, just. Uh, Thank you for the plug.
0: <laughs> and if, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got the, you've got the shirt on. I didn't want to mention that, but, uh, you yeah, know clearly you know you've got you they're giving you a bit of time and um you know you should always get a bit bit of love to um the people we work for
1: yeah and i feel lucky i feel lucky i'm sure you do too to to work for a good company in a in a good time so uh yeah thank you for that
0: all right lovely all right well thank you for your time kevin and i'll see you um soon say so bye everyone bye